struggles, innovation, going all in, not holding back, mindset, being a leader, paving their own way, putting the real in real estate, listing legacies, selling luxury. You have the vault. Unlocking conversations in real estate today. Welcome to the vault. I'm your host, Jess Hastings Lesperance, and let me introduce my co-host, Alexa Miller. Alexa, who do we have the privilege of interviewing today? Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Today, we are interviewing Keith Begg. Keith is a new realtor in the game, being licensed now for a little over a year. He just officially quit his full-time job to work full-time in real estate. And Keith lives in Barrie area and services all of Simcoe County. So welcome, Keith. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, Jessica and Alexa, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be on your podcast. Yeah, I'm pumped because this podcast is going to speak to so many people mm-hmm. out there who are always, you know, on that teeter-totter of can I quit? Can I go full time? What's that going to look like? What's the fear? How is it going to work? Thousands of questions. Mm-hmm. And Keith's here to answer them. Yeah. <laughs> so Keith, uh, let's start by you just telling us a bit about yourself and your background. Yeah, so my name is Keith. I'm a, a licensed electrician. So that was my full-time job before I got into real estate. Um, started doing some real estate investing and kind of naturally led to getting my license. And yeah, spent a year sort of balancing two jobs, which was a lot and got to the point where uh, my full-time job and working real estate, there just wasn't enough hours in the day. So um, I quit my full-time job and now I'm pursuing real estate as my main source of income. Uh, I did find a part-time job teaching electrical at the college for nine hours a week to sort of help supplement that income. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So you said the reason you got into real estate was, was real estate investing. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah. So my wife and I purchased a single family home um back in 2019 uh that or 2020 sorry that we turned into a duplex um so being an electrician and in the construction industry um it was it was a natural sort of progression for that um and yeah and then through that and sort of talking to some realtors and seeing the back door of it um it was something that uh my wife encouraged me to get into. So I took a look at it and thought, I'll give it a try. And here we are. Yeah, I find a lot of people we interview, that's how they got into the business is mm-hmm. by their investing. Yeah, it, it naturally happens. It makes sense, right? Yeah, I become obsessed with real estate as a whole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you also meet the people in the industry. And then you start connecting with them and think, maybe it is attainable. Maybe it is something I can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and being able to see the data real time is is also nice. Yeah, good point. Um, so tell us a bit, for anyone listening that's uh, getting their license or wants to get their license, how was um, juggling a full-time job as an electrician with studying to get your license, and how long did it take you? Yeah, I have that question too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, honestly, the schooling part was pretty easy. Um, I just made sure to plug away 10 to 12 hours a week, um, Mm -hmm. every week to it. Um, it took me, I started September, um, of 20, uh, 
2021 and finished, uh, it was April of 22. Wow. So took me, yeah, about six, seven months there. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's almost about a course a month, right? Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Wow. So, so have you had much experience in the real estate industry before, or this was kind of just by your investing? Yeah, no, just um, aside from purchasing two primary residences um, and the real estate investing, that was kind of my exposure to real estate. Right. Um, aside from building building hundreds of houses from the electrical side of things. That's a good right. point too. So you would see that often. How are those investments doing? Do you still have them? Yeah. Yeah. We still have them. Um, obviously with the current rate market, not as well as we <laughs> were, were originally hoping. Um, but yeah, we see real estate investing as a long-term um, sort of wealth building mindset rather than a short-term flip. So yeah. um, for that, yeah, we're well versed to weather the storm and uh, yeah, we see it as a sort of 10 plus year investment. That's great. So if anyone's listening out there and you're considering investing, what Keith just said is so important, mm -hmm. you know, holding in there, hanging on, crunching the numbers, <laughs> going over it. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Tell us a bit about um, your first year in real estate, how that's been. Are you a... Uh, single agent are you on your own are you on a team no i'm on a team um so our team's based in barry i'm on the uh hawking homes team okay. uh we do all types of real estate but uh we naturally sort of specialize or gravitate towards real estate and investing um our team is uh preferred realtors with keyspire for simcoe county um so yeah the hockey homes team was when i started to finish up my schooling I started to do some research on what teams and uh, Ian and Caroline Hawking came up in the investing world quite a bit. So they were a team that I pursued and yeah, luckily it was a good partnership and yeah, it's been awesome to work with investors and yeah. What would you say to anyone starting out who's considering looking at a team or an individual? What was the one thing that made you go to a team? Yeah, I, I, encourage everybody to work with a team um, between the uh, other students that I did with schooling that I followed up with. Uh, I only know of one, two, two that have been successful on their own. Um, and so, yeah, you just don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, there's so much like the, the schooling really just teaches you how not to end up on the wrong side of a lawsuit. Right. and how to write an offer, which is such a small part of what real estate really is. Mm. Um, so yeah, I encourage everybody to be a part of a team. Um, yeah, go talk to different brokerages, find a team that that's a good fit for you. Um, some people, yeah, there's all sorts of different teams that cater to different people and what they're looking for. But yeah, I can't, I personally would tell everybody to join a team, find a good person to mentor under, find somebody who can you know, pour into you, share their knowledge, uh, share what they need. Uh, it's well worth it. Uh, yeah, just like most successful real estate agents pay for a coach. This is sort of a, a coach that gets paid when you get paid. Yeah. So it's, uh, that's yeah. So that's kind of how I see it as instead of paying for a coach, I have a team that it's essentially has a 
huge financial interest in seeing me succeed. That's that's a very good point. Mm -hmm. And you're leveraging them. Like that's sometimes like the most important part. You're leveraging the team to get you started faster, mm-hmm. right? Of course. Yeah. And uh, like Ian and Caroline are super supportive. So they let me try different marketing ideas. And if they fail, like they're, they're the ones footing the bill, right? So uh, yeah, you're essentially getting to learn and getting to try out different stuff. And uh, yeah, when you join a team too, there's very low upfront cost for you. Whereas if you're starting your own thing, there's a huge upfront cost of building a website, online marketing, um, open house signs, so like signs, all of that stuff is all costs that people don't think of. Whereas if you're on yeah. a team, you're under all that. So somebody else is footing the bill for the marketing and they'll, they'll obviously take a cut of your income, right? But it's a good way to um, sort of help you be able to not spend everything, right? Because your schooling's about eight, eight, eight or so grand. Yeah, I think that's incredible that you know that now, because I find when, you know, we help interview people or realtors who are interested in the team, it's really hard sometimes to help them understand how much funds you need to get started on your own. Yeah. And a good way to look at it, too, is do you want 100 percent of zero or zero percent of 100 percent of what your split's going to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? Kevin, o- Kevin O'Leary's got a great line when he's trying to close people. He ask them if they want a whole grape or a slice of a watermelon. Yeah. Um, yeah and that's been my experience yeah. on a team. It's so, it's so accurate, right? Of course we have those individuals who they're, they're just going to rock it. Like you said, you knew out of your whole group during school, two of them, you know, nailed it, did great. And that's very common, but it's actually percentage of them, the individuals succeeding in a short amount of time is low. Yeah, that's, that's two of 60. And yeah. to be yeah. honest, I'm not sure how well they're doing. I just know that they're still out on their own and they yeah, seem to be point. transacting. Well, um, I, I feel like you're going to a team was a very successful idea because, you know, it's 87% fail in the first three years and you're that 13% who succeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think you just hit the nail on the head there too, is if you're starting out in real estate, it's a long long time like i was attaining attending a training three or four weeks ago and they were was focused on networking and the agent that was running it shared that it took her about five to six years to build up her referral network mm-hmm. um so yeah people are expecting overnight success everybody that i've talked to both agents and uh, some other mortgage brokers that i partner with as well that recently started out it's a very very slow grind. That's a lot of hours and a lot of work. And yeah, you just need, if you're going to go full-time, you need a large amount of money saved up or you need to do what I did, which is slowly transition and don't, don't buy uh, expensive stuff with your commission checks. Take those, put them in the bank, hold on to them for. (laughs) Yeah. All accurate. It's all really good advice. Anyone listening for sure. What would you say your biggest success in your real estate business would be? Yeah, I think just quitting my full-time job would honestly be sort of the biggest success for me was, yeah, being getting to the point where I had enough money saved up to be able to, to quit my full-time job and to also feel that I had enough business and that I was able to grow it enough to the point where I needed more hours in the day. 
Yeah, I think that's great. And you know what? It's getting over the fear. I love it because you're just going all in. And you know what? It has to work because you made the cut. I'm doing it. I'm going. Yeah. And what would you say your biggest struggle has been so far? Yeah, I think there's been obviously a couple like a couple struggles starting starting in this kind of market is always mm-hmm. um, tough. Um, I would say the the amount of time that it's taken, like people tried to warn me that it was going to take a lot of time. Um, and yeah, there wasn't really anything that could quite prepare for just how sort of slow and a progression that it is. Uh, it's been really nice sort of connecting with other students and, and other new agents to sort of reflect on that time because, yeah, you obviously see the stuff on the internet that's like, hey, this is so-and-so agent and they sold 28 houses in their first year. Um and that's just not obtainable most of the time. There will be outliers like that who are set up either with their network or, or their their sort of position in life where that's their case. But most agents, it's a, it's a slow progression of slowly trying to build it up and change people's perception of you too, right? Because I've been known as Keith the Electrician for, mm-hmm. uh, for my whole life up until this point, right? So yeah. Um, slowly changing that sort of perception of people. They're not seeing you as Keith, the real estate or Keith, the electrician. They're trying to get them to see you as Keith, the real estate agent. Yeah. I I agree with that. When we went through our first year of real estate, it was the same thing. We're seeing houses listed thinking, why are they not listing with us? And it's only because they think we're the tree company. Yeah. They're not (laughs) registering. It takes time. They need to see your branding. They need to see your face. You know, you need to be out there as real estate. So if anyone listening, you know how Keith explained, hang in there. It will happen. I say stop focusing on what other people are doing and focus on what you want. Because at the end of the day, it's your time, your life, and your business. Yeah. And people need to remember that I think the stat is anyone starting a business, not just real estate, but any business in general, it typically takes five to seven years mm-hmm. to get off the ground running. So it takes a long time to build a business up and it does not happen overnight. And it's the exact same with real estate. Yeah. It takes even longer. It does. Probably. Well, you know, what's even funnier. They say an entrepreneur switches their, uh, their business every five years. Yeah. <laughs> Give it enough time. <laughs> so hang in there. It's happening. I guess as entrepreneurs, we just like to be in constant pain there. So once things start getting yeah. settled, we just want to change and move on yeah. to something else. It's getting boring. I need something new. Yeah. yeah. So true. <laughs> exactly what would you tell your past self starting your real estate business yeah i think just trying to reiterate that it's going to take time um and you're going to have to yeah just sort of weather the storm um the other thing too that ian sat me down and told me that there's going to be friends and family who are going to uh, resent you uh be quite nasty to you um and you just have to prepare you for that. And as much as people try to warn you about that, it still is a tough thing to wrestle with. Um, so, yeah. yeah. And every agent will tell you that, that there's been people who they thought were in their corner who weren't in their corner. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it cuts cuts deep, but uh, you'll also make so many new friends and new business partners. And yeah, it's been the amount of growth that's happened. has been awesome. And with any growth, there's always growing pains. So yeah, yeah I think gotta be... put it. Yeah, because there's always growth. I love the elevator analogy. You know, people get on and off your elevator, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean that mm-hmm. they're not there anymore. It just means that was their time with you, and now it's someone else's, right? Yeah, 
Love that. Yeah, and as you continue to get bigger and better, you'll start to have bigger and better, higher caliber people riding in your elevator. Yeah, yeah. And that's what you want because mindset and working on our mindset, which is almost all of our training of real estate, is mindset. It is actually working or, or exercising the brain. So if we're doing that and other people we know aren't, of course there's going to be a difference. There's no right or wrong. It just means that the elevator is now changing mm -hmm. for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mindset is huge. Yeah. So I know we're, let's go back to the beginning where you um, got into real estate with investing. What are your future goals with your real estate career? Any other investing you plan on doing? What are your goals? Yeah, I'd say um, from an investing standpoint, uh, we took the single family, turned it into a duplex. Um, our goal is to, uh, hopefully if the market shapes up ever to be able to refinance and turn it into a triplex. Wow. Uh, that's sort of the, the long-term goal for there. Um, and from real estate is just, yeah, continue to network and sort of build that as my, keep that as my primary source of income and yeah, just kind of see where the business goes. Uh, I've learned that every time I make sort of a five-year goal and then I reflect back on it, I'm nowhere where I thought I would be in five years. So I try to stay obviously driven and continue to work at it every single day, but I don't have these large aspirations of where I'll be because every time I make those, I'm, <laughs> I'm nowhere near where I thought I would be. So I just kind of see where it takes me and just keep working hard each day. And when mm -hmm. opportunities open, make sure you jump on them and, and just ride it where it goes. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good way to put it, right? Like going with the flow knowing kind of what you want and being open to what things may come. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I use the analogy all the time. I've got uh, two daughters and the one was starting to play with blocks a couple, a year ago or so. And she was determined to try and take this square block and jam it into the circle hole. And obviously no matter which way she would turn it, it wouldn't fit in that circle hole. And I feel a lot of people are like that with life. They have an idea of where they need to go and they keep just trying to jam it forward and they, miss the opportunities flying all around them the people that they could partner with and rub shoulders with and the deals that they could do because they're so focused on x instead of looking at y and z as well yeah that's accurate you know when we get overwhelmed and we're not clear on what our focus is we often miss the opportunities around us mm -hmm. so we're taking that time jotting it down getting that clarity for our business yeah that's a good point yeah presence presence yeah. is a word that i've been focusing on can we jump back to your duplex? So when you did that, it wasn't a duplex when you started? No, it was a single family. Um, they had an in-law suite in there. So a lot of the electrical and plumbing was already done. And then we just brought it up to, to code there. So we had a design professional come in. She did an amazing job, came up with all the drawings, applies for the permits. Okay. And then uh, me and my construction team came in there. We renovated the whole thing, had the inspector in and out at the appropriate times there. And um, yeah, the other thing too that people don't know is you're able to have the upstairs unit or the other unit rented while you're doing construction on the other unit. Right. So we were able to have, obviously not the full amount of money come in, but we were able to have a good chunk, probably about 60, 58% of the money coming in from that unit That's through the upstairs being rented. Yeah. I love how you know that because it's so mm -hmm. important. If I could, you know, float some expenses while we renovate. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and we're going to see that more and more where people, because the mortgage rates are so high, 
I actually just sold to first time buyers and they have friends moving in with them to help pay the bills. Um, so I think we're going to see that more and more where people are, are transforming their basements and stuff into apartments if they are allowed in their area. And, yeah. And, uh, it writing. makes sense really. Like, yeah. Why not you, why not, you know, make this space, you know, on a Usable. rate of return. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was reading a couple of months ago, their, uh, stat can reports, um, from statistics, Canada, they're a couple of years behind, but 2019 was the first time since they ever started recording that they've seen the average house population increase. So I think it was 2.4 people used to live per house and it jumped to 2.6, which doesn't sound like a lot, but considering that's the first time it's ever increased is, is pretty huge. So yeah, yeah the anecdotal uh, evidence that we're talking about is also backed up by the numbers. And that was a couple of years ago, right? So I assume that as StatsCan takes their time and gets the data out, that we'll start to see that number continue to increase just anecdotally from what I've been seeing. Right. So how, what do you need to do to make it a triplex then? Um, so the triplex in Barrie is all zoned. Um, so it'll be an additional dwelling unit in the back there. Um, so that one's a bit more expensive because obviously we'll have to get all the utilities out there. Uh, we'll have to upgrade the service um, for that there. Uh, but there's other companies that just specifically do dwelling units. So they'll be able to, um, put one on there. The rough budget right now is about $250,000 to, to put that on. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. Wow. Would it make sense to do that or to buy another property? Yeah, it depends. Cause you've already bought the property and two, like the other thing to keep track of is that all of that $250,000 is tax deductible. So if you make $250,000 in a year, you're essentially get a whole year tax free while investing as well, right. um, where you wouldn't get that benefit with buying an additional property. Right. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, I, I think the real value is being able to take properties and just be able to continue to upgrade them. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause yeah, you get that money tax free on the on the income side until you max out however much that is and then you're also able to refinance that property and then be able to uh, get that money out tax-free and be able to buy your next property um so yeah there's there's always cases where it's pros and cons for both right like there's the pros for obviously upgrading or lifting a distressed property and there's also for buying more properties right so to case by case basis definitely yeah always case by case better run your numbers get another location the history the future what would you recommend to new realtors just starting yeah i think like to circle back to the beginning of our conversation there i would say find a team um and be be extremely picky about your team um i think that you don't want to get the reputation as the agent that jumps from team to team to team and as well too like most of the teams keep the leads that they provide you so um like an online internet lead takes on average um, about 11 months according to brevity to convert so if you're jumping a team six months there you've given up a large chunk of your potential income through those leads that you're nurturing following up with um so i would say that yeah rather than being sort of a bull in a china shop and just jumping on the first opportunity um, as a new agent lots of teams will want to hire you if you're half decent and you'll be able to sort of find a good team that matches with you 
And yeah, just because there's a team that you don't want to partner with doesn't mean there's a bad team, right? Like there's a lot of pros and cons to different teams and different brokerages and just making sure you find the one that fits your lifestyle and your sort of goals and aspirations as a realtor. Yeah, that was very well said. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Where can our listeners find you? Yeah, so they can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Keith Bag. Uh, pretty simple. I'm on the Hawking Homes team. So if you just Google Hawking Homes, we'll come up there. And yeah, that's kind of the main sources of social media that I use. Uh, I'm not overly present. You can uh, email me too at Keith at HawkingHomes.com. And yeah, that's kind of the best ways to get a hold of me. Amazing. Well, thanks so much. I learned a lot, especially of all your knowledge about duplexes and mm-hmm. knowing the rates and knowing the scales and, you know, values. I think that's just incredible. And quitting that full-time job, mm-hmm. going all in real estate, even though you took a small part-time job to manage, you know, being open to doing that and not giving up. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on girls. And, uh, yeah, it's been awesome. And, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, like you were saying there, taking the part-time job, like I think it just circles back to knowing your numbers, right? And mm-hmm. I think we glamorize the people who quit everything and put all the maxed up the credit card debt and managed to make it through. And it, it makes for a great story. But um, again, anecdotally, there's a lot more stories of people who've done that and it hasn't worked out than people who have done that and it has worked out, right? We tend to glamorize the success story, but um yeah, I think there's nothing wrong with sort of taking it slow and, you know, making sure your numbers work, making sure you've got the money saved up and yeah, not trying to force the circle block into the or the square block into the circle hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really well said. Like the, the real estate agent wrote last, Ben Oosterveld, in his book, he talks about exactly what you said. We glamorize all these people, but the ones on stage sometimes that we're glamorizing are the ones who are fully in debt and the gentleman sitting in the audience is the one who's running the right way the business and is actually making money, which is very interesting to remember. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, that's amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. I learned lots. And for anyone listening out there, use Keith as your example that you can make that switch if that's what you're considering. It, this is a living example. It can be done. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Keith. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. It was awesome chatting. Thanks.